0: Just the worship. Is anybody blessed by the worship each and every week? I'm telling you, when you find a queen who can worship and pray for you, that's having your back on a different level. Thank you for the yes, sir, in the back. I said that's having your back on a different level. When you find a man who can worship and pray for you, that's covering you on a different level. Amen. To me, that's a power couple. A power couple is not just how much money you have or how many followers you have or how much influence you have. It's we are empowered by the king of kings. We are empowered by the Lord of lords. That's like a power couple. All right, let's get to work. There's a lot I want to share with you. Um, Exodus chapter 32. Is where we're going to read. If you do not have a tangible Bible, it's okay. It will be projected for you on the screen and everybody online. It will be on the lower thirds. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. It says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered and said, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took them, he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast into the shape of a calf, fashioning it with the tool. Then they said, these are the gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Can somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there'll be a festival. So we're gonna turn up, all right? Tomorrow, everybody, we're gonna turn up to the Lord so the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge. Then the Lord said to Moses, this was so funny to me while I was studying. The Lord said to Moses, go down because your people, I'm like, hold on, God, these your people. Um, your people have gotten ratchet. Your people who you brought up. I'm like, God, you brought us up out of Egypt. Y'all seeing this? (laughs) This is why if you want to be a leader, be careful. It's like, okay, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast into the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. As I was reading um, this particular passage, I was like, come on, Aaron. 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 Bruh. What is you doing? I'm like, okay, you're supposed to be the leader. Can I get somebody to say Leader. Leader. Aaron you're supposed to be the leader bro you're supposed to be the example like you are the assistant pastor when Moses is handling the affairs that God told him to handle but watch this even leaders can exhibit Egypt type of behavior when we have not allowed God to detox us and when we are hanging around people who are spiritually unhealthy listen y'all it does not matter. Can I get somebody to say, your flesh, your flesh will embarrass you? Will embarrass One you. more time, because y'all not convinced. Say, your flesh, your flesh will embarrass you. Will embarrass so you. don't put any stock in it. I don't care if you've been to seminary. I don't care if you've been in vacation Bible school since you were four months old. Don't trust your flesh. Yeah. Well, we're just going to be reading. We're just going to read in scriptures. The scriptures will end up convicting you. Y'all not going to be reading scriptures. I need you to understand your flesh is a mess and it will embarrass you. Even leaders, even leaders, if we have not had a season where we are being processed by God and he is detoxing us and he is purging us, when we are constantly hanging around spiritually unhealthy people, it will cause for us to act like we are slaves too. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. 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 And then as I look at this some more, I'm like, um, I think this is why we have to have prayer lives. This is why I'm passionate about my study. I want each and every week to be able, by the grace of God, to come before you and speak sound biblical doctrine passionately. I want to have a church that is filled up with people who serve. I love it. My wife and I love it. As soon as somebody comes, they're like, okay, what can we do? Okay, how can we serve? Do y'all need volunteers? What can we put up? What can we do? I love that this is a house that wants to serve. And this is also a ministry. I can't speak for every church, but this is also a ministry that is going to summon maturity. Listen, everybody watching online and everybody in the house, if you've been here for any extended period of time, you could notice that this is a church that is going to summon for you to be mature. So that means if you like to be petty and you don't want to change, you're not going to like us. If you want to be ratchet and don't want to change that, you're not going to like these sermons. If you want to cuss a heifer clean outs, you definitely not going to like these sermons. Now, please don't misconstrue what we're saying. You can come here ratchet and cussing a heifer clean out. But by the grace of God and by the power of the gospel, you're not going to stay ratchet and you're not going to continue to cuss heifers clean out. You can come here, carnal-minded. Come on up in here with your carnal-minded self. But by the grace of God and the power of the gospel, you're not going to stay carnal-minded. In fact, there is a problem if you are preaching and your edges never get snatched. See, all right, all right. Let me go a little deeper. I cannot say I care about your soul. I cannot say... I care about where you are going to spend your eternity if you take your last breath in time if I constantly tell you what you want to hear. Did you hear me? Some people, some churches, they don't care about the state of your soul. And they don't care where you spend the rest of eternity. What they care about is your offering, though. Uh Uh-oh. What they care about is a packed church, though. Uh Uh-oh. But they don't care about where you're going to spend your eternity. Because if they did, they would stop telling you stuff that makes you feel good but doesn't align your life with the gospel. Preach Holy Ghost. Preach Holy Ghost. I'm like, how is it Jesus got killed for what he was saying? Y'all read your Bible? Like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all them religious people, they hated Jesus. How is it when Jesus spoke, people hated him, but we're scared of an unfollow? We're scared of a counsel culture. I'm like, you cannot counsel what you have not authored. Yeah. Right. You can't counsel what you haven't authored. So I have to be able to give sound biblical doctrine. So that even though I may not like it, it is healthy for my soul. Your health, your spiritual health matters to me and to my wife. I want you healthy on the inside. Because it's possible for you to be physically fit, but spiritually out of shape. And So it is our desire when we come before you and we preach passionately, I want you to mature I want you to mature everybody watching online I want you to mature because the tree like the strength of the tree in the storm is not revealed by how high his branches are it's revealed by the depths of his roots we want you to have roots so that when the wind of adversity blows when the wind of a pandemic blows, when the wind of a breakup blows, when the wind of suffering blows, when the wind of hardship blows, when the wind of adversity blows, it won't blow you away because you have some roots. Somebody say, I need roots.
1: I need roots.
0: I want us to mature. You're dangerous when you mature. Hell gets nervous when you mature. Can y'all just imagine what would happen if we were people who begin to walk around in the matured version of ourselves? Like we start talking mature, we even respond mature, we even react. Mature. Hell gets nervous when you get mature. The devil gets nervous when you start evolving and get mature. See, right now this this celebratory season of what we call the Advent season, of Jesus coming, the Messiah coming, where everybody is celebrating. It's not about bells and whistles and sleigh rides and Rudolph the rain, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. This is about Jesus, okay? And I think we have to understand around this time of year when Jesus was coming into the world, there were a lot of people crying. There were a lot of people wailing because the enemy got in cahoots with Herod and he said, okay, there is a king that's coming. And this king will have an everlasting kingdom. And Herod told the three wise, well, not the three, there was more than three. Herod told the wise men and the Magi, go tell me where this king is, so I could worship him too. And when they were going, angels told them, Don't go back because they really don't want to worship the king. They seek after the little boy's life. And so they didn't go back. And then after Herod recognized they didn't come back, he said, I'm gonna kill all two-year-old male babies because I don't want for something to mature. Don't miss it, y'all. This is why trauma happened in your childhood. Whatever happened, I want you to get stuck where you don't mature. Whatever happened in that last season, I hope it caused for you to get stuck where you won't mature. The enemy never wants us to reach maturity because we become his problem once we mature. He doesn't want us to evolve. Therefore, you know how you could tell when somebody's sent by the enemy? When it's somebody or something that comes in your life that interrupts your evolution. Did y'all hear what I just said? God, is this your will? Is it something or someone that has interrupted your evolution because God is never going to send you someone or send you to some place that stops your spiritual growth. Amen. So if you notice ever since this arrived you stop praying, if you notice ever since they arrived you stop reading your bible, if you notice ever since this happened Christianity behavior has become an elective to you, this has not been sent by the Lord. Why are we coming out like this Miss Flowers? Oh, no. Our verse of importance. Verse 4. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf. How did these Israelites know to make a calf? They could have made an owl. They could have made a giraffe. They could have made a Persian cat. But why did they make a calf? And as I researched this, it was an Apis bull, which is an Egyptian deity. So how did the Israelites know how to produce an Egyptian god? Y'all are getting this. It's because I spent so much time in Egypt that now Egypt is affecting what I produce. This is so good, y'all. So the question that my wife and I have for you is have you hung around enough people that summon your maturity or are you hanging around people who are causing for you to produce Egypt deities? See, it's like this. Miss Flower. get your book. Let me get your book and your pencil. Take your mic too. And I'm going to get my book and my pencil. So what happens is... Since this is a relationship series, and I'm glad it's over, y'all get one a year. Like, I really don't want to spend so much time talking about relationships. There's so much more. Like, I can't wait. Next year, we're talking, that we're having a series called King Encounters. It's so dope. We've been talking about it. King Encounters, each week, is going to show an encounter that a person had with Jesus and how nobody stayed the same. Rather, if it was a Pharisee or a woman with the issue of blood, there was nobody that had a king encounter and stayed the same. So, how do we have so many people who claim that? How do we have so many people who claim to be Christians, but ever since they had that encounter, I don't see a change? All right, that's King Encounters. So what happens when it comes to toxicity is we have a man and we have a woman that comes together. And there's something that happened in my life. I've seen nothing but chauvinistic, narcissistic men. I am the head of this house. My way or the highway because I am a high value man. All right. So I meet her. And since this is what I believe manhood is, i put this in her story. Now what about you?
1: Okay, well, I, can you help my mic Go for ahead. me? Okay, so I grew up in a household. Sorry. Where All the women had low self-esteem. Nobody really believed in themselves. Hmm. They allowed men to run over them and they were never happy, but always tried to mask all of their insecurities with what they did on the outside.
0: That was good, girl.
1: There, so I'm gonna put that in your book.
0: All right, go ahead. Okay. Well, you can hold your mic again. What about this? I'm not waiting till marriage, all right? Because I was told, why should I buy the car if I first can't test drive it? Nobody is doing that anymore. I have to see if this is someone I am sexually compatible with before I say forever, ever, quote, outcast, ever, ever. <laughs> okay. So that, that, that's what I believe, and I'm going to put that in your story. All right? Okay. What about you?
1: Okay, my turn. Okay, so I am an independent woman. Oh, God. I want a man, but I don't need a man. Mm. So, I need you to understand that I'm still gonna have my own way. I am still wanna make my own decisions. You cannot, will not, shall not control Mm. me. Mm. Period. But, you know, you know we can take nice pictures and post them on Instagram, because I want everybody and all the girls that I'm cool with to be in my wedding and, you know, understand that I am a boss, period. Thank you.
0: Huh. So, so I'ma
1: put this in your book, okay? Okay, you're you gonna put that?
0: this in my book. I got one more for you, uh-huh. Okay. You go. go ahead, get it to me. Okay, I got one more for you. Mm-hmm. She a boss, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we gonna go ahead and do this. You ready? All right, all of these women are always talking about how they don't need a man, but when they have a good man, Mm. they friend zone him and let fools in the end zone. So what I want is a woman who doesn't ask any questions. What I say goes, I am the provider in this house. Okay. And I really didn't ask for any lip.
1: Oh. Okay. It's like
0: that? Yeah, that's the type of man okay. I am. I'm providing. Okay. <laughs> I have a paycheck, you know. We're going to go ahead and put that in our story. Okay. All right, go ahead. What you got?
1: Okay. Well, I come from a line of women that always had to make it up for when the men messed up. Uh, so you can think that you are running this house, hmm. but, you know, there's a head and there's a neck, and the neck controls the head. Hmm. The head, the neck tells when the head is gonna turn. So hmm. that's how it's gonna be in this house. And if you don't like it, hmm. sir, then you can definitely find someone else. Because like I said, I want you, but I don't hmm. need
0: you. Yeah.
1: Period.
0: Gotcha. Go ahead and put that in my story. All right. You can hold it. So now we're trying to do life together with all of her unhealthy thoughts and all of my unhealthy thoughts. But you can't tell how unhealthy we are because we constantly keep doing this. Go ahead. Take a picture right there. So, you can't tell the condition of somebody's soul. But since they are your preference, hear me, since they are what you want, you will overlook all. See, all of the stuff she was saying was really red flag, red flag, and red flag. Don't mind too. All the stuff I was telling her, don't mind too. All the stuff I was telling her, that was nothing but a red flag, red flag. And that one about me controlling everything, a real big red flag. What if instead of us trying to come together to say what we think how a relationship should be, how about we look at God's word and we say, okay, what does he say about manliness and being a man? He doesn't say manhood is a paycheck. He says manhood is a life check. Right, right. It's a life check. It's not just how much you provide. Real manhood is love your wife like Christ loved the church. And he who gave himself up for her, he laid his life down. You really can't flex as a boss if you haven't laid nothing down. What have you laid down? Your pride, have you laid that down? Your ego, you have laid that down? And oh yeah, if you desire to get married in your singleness, this is practice. Because just because you say I do, your flesh is not going to say we do too. It's getting quiet in here. We want to speak from this thought around this subject for just a few more moments because I feel like it's getting hot in here on tonight. This is unhealthy. Can I get somebody to say unhealthy? God, would you help us and purge us of everything that culture has put in us that we believe is sound doctrine? Help us, God, to purge ourselves from the advice of culture, the advice of parents. Help us to be people, oh God, that study your word. We want to be biblically correct, not politically correct. We want to make decisions that are in the best agreement for our destiny, not for our flesh. Help us crucify our flesh so that we can give you glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer will just shout in the room, Amen. Amen. Just this confession of Miss Flowers, I want you to talk to the people. Can I get everybody who is watching online and everybody in the house? Can I get us to say this? Father, Father, give me health
1: give me health on the inside on the inside so i can go from so i can go from
0: enduring enduring to enjoying to enjoying. one more time father father give me health give me health on the inside on the inside so that i can go from
1: so that i can go from
0: enduring enduring to enjoying
1: to enjoying okay so you know i know the analogy we did it was you know it was funny and everything but it really is um, how everybody is hmm. like everything that we go through our upbringing, our environment, yep. sometimes our religion, our friends, um, our culture, the, the, the countries that we're from that all shapes who we are hmm. and that shapes how we interact within our relationships. Yeah. Um, not, and just not romantically, but in our, in our friendships, it, it affects our outlook, how we see people. Um, it, it affects how we engage In all of our relationships, all of that. And so I can only use my own life. I know for me, alcohol was a big part of my upbringing. Hmm. Whereas some people feel that alcohol is not a negative thing. In my household, alcoholism was coupled with anger, with rage, Mm -hmm. with um, abuse. Not physical abuse, but emotional abuse. Yeah. Um, domestic violence. It was coupled with all sorts of unhealthy, toxic, dysfunctional things. Yeah. Now that was my immediate household. Now my mother um, also had a father, my grandfather, that drank. But he was a different kind of drinker. He was a happy drunk. Now, we've heard of those, right? So he was the type of person, normally he was a very mean, stern person. But yeah. when he would drink, he was lighter. So my mom would say sometimes when she was a kid, oh, great, Dad's, daddy's drinking, so he's going to let us do whatever we want because he wasn't you know, mean like he normally is. Now, I can imagine why being a, an African-American man during the 30s, 40s, and 50s, he could have had all sorts of reasons to be angry on the regular basis considering the environment that they were in. Yeah. But he was, he was angry and very mean and stern um, on my mother and her siblings. in that season. Um, And it wasn't until he gave his life to Christ that his whole personality changed around. But as you can see, those are two different households. Now, that's my mother and myself and how alcohol affected them, affected us in different ways. So my mother saw it one way, whereas I saw it a different way and I experienced it a different way. And I think that is what happens. And whether it's directly or indirectly, it shapes how we interact and how we choose our relationships. Now my father was an alcoholic. Hmm. Her father was an alcoholic. So sometimes we can unconsciously get involved in relationships based on what we've experienced in our upbringing. Hmm. Now my mother's experience wasn't as negative. However, she has two brothers that that suffered from the exact same substance abuse problem. Wow. Because it affected them in a different way, right? Whereas she may have seen it this way, I saw it this way. Now, I remember I was in a relationship with a guy Mm. and that was clearly (laughs) not Jerry. And um, I remember he wasn't a bad guy, he wasn't at all. Um, he was in the military, and one time, I was living for God. was a relationship I wasn't supposed to be in, of course, but I was, and he was in the military, and one night, he went out with his friends, his military friends, mm-hmm. and he got drunk, and that was a trigger for me, yeah. and like, I remember him calling me, asking me to pick him up from where he was located, mm-hmm. and I went there, and... I just went off on him. Like I went, I like went into him and I don't think I've ever seen myself that angry because that was a trigger for me. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we get involved in relationships and I had made that decision at that point. It wasn't long after I broke up with him because I, I said to myself, I can, I, I noticed this un- unhealthy pattern and I cannot allow myself to continue on this pattern and this cycle that I've seen in my family. Yeah. And we do that sometimes. Now somebody else can have the exact same reaction. I mean, uh, excuse me, somebody else can have a different reaction. So whereas my mother, she saw the same type of abuse but married a man with the same type of abuse. Whereas I'm, I was like, no, I see this type of thing and it triggers me. Even to the point I have a very, very negative, and some people, some Christians have all sorts of views about alcohol. I have a very negative view of alcohol because of those things, right, that happened in my childhood. And I think that whether you have a good reaction or a bad reaction, it still affects you. So, for example, another example, somebody can have OCD, right, and then somebody can be a hoarder. Right, you can have two different reactions. So some child can take what their parent did as an OCD and said, I am never gonna be that rigid in my life ever. And then another child can say, can follow in the same pattern, right? Mm. Same thing, My, my mother or father was a hoarder. You can either follow that same pattern or you can completely reject it. So what I'm saying is regardless of how you take it, you are affected, Yeah. whether it's one way or the other, whether you gravitate towards it in your relationships or you completely reject it and have a serious, serious issue internally with that problem. Mm -hmm. So when you grow into your relationship with Christ and you get closer to the Father, then God, he rewires your mind, okay? And he wants you to have a healthy soul. So the closer that you grow in your love and intimate relationship with Christ, yeah. Then he'll show you how to develop those healthy habits and then view these people out of the love of God. Because yeah. I had a almost a hate for my father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: OK, I almost had a hate for it. Like the way that I went off on this guy. like, OK, he got some people are like, OK, what's the big deal? He got drunk. It happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. So incredibly angry. I don't think I've ever seen my friend went along with me and she says, I've never seen you that angry in, in the 10 years we've known each other, that triggered, the trigger was so strong being in a relationship with a man that had this, that, that, you know, it's not something that he did all the time. It was one night, but because it was so, it's such a trigger for me. I completely had a horrible, horrible attitude towards anybody that, that drank, even if it was one drink, Yes. So instead of seeing them out of the eyes of God, now I know I wasn't supposed to be in their relationship, but inst- instead of seeing people out of the eyes of God, mm-hmm. I just was like, I can't, I can't deal with anybody that deals with that. Yeah. And the closer that I got, you know, in my relationship with the Lord, he, he changed my view towards people, mm-hmm. to have a love for people, even if they have an addiction, not, not yeah. to hate. Like I said, I almost had a hate for my father, yeah. and that's unhealthy, yeah, and, and that's what happens when you, when you grow up in certain environments. And sometimes those environments that are supposed to foster, you know, love and care, yeah. it's, it's completely unhealthy. Yeah. And that shapes you whether it's, like I said, positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. And that will affect
0: how you engage in a relationship. Yeah, and, and your pattern awareness is so critical because people lie, but patterns don't, Right. People lie, but patterns don't. And for you, a lot of times we don't even recognize. I think you seeing that brother get drunk was God saying, do we want to repeat this pattern? Do we want to repeat it? Like some of the stuff that you have seen that we try to bypass as a red flag is God showing you this is going to continue a pattern that you have been born to break. And the reason you call it a trigger, but God is really like that's pattern awareness. That's showing you what you are created to break. I just believe this, y'all, like this word on tonight is going to be a surgical word. There's some stuff that the Holy Spirit wants to cut, not just in you, but in me. It is a double-edged sword, so it cuts the pastor, and it also cuts people listening. There's some stuff that the Holy Spirit wants to cut. I I just feel it. Like there's some umbilical cords that the Holy Spirit is like, okay, this is not sustaining you anymore. This has expired, and if you continue to try to consume something that has expired, it will make you sick. This is unhealthy. Like you have gotten too comfortable in that which is supposed to be seasonal. And for what I'm trying to do in your life, I don't know why I feel this, what I'm about to do in your life, especially in the 2022 calendar year, is going to require for you to come out of some wombs. So this means you're going to have to take some risk. Whoever you are watching online or in the house, that thing that you know God isn't putting on your heart to do, but you're scared to do it. He's like, listen, it's going to take risks because you can't have great faith and not take risk. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's like, okay, I need you to understand you will never be able to walk on water if you never leave the shore. It's going to take a risk. If you want to see my power at another level, it's going to take a risk. Y'all excuse me for a second, but I just noticed in the Bible there was a marriage between miracles and radicals. Have y'all noticed that? A marriage. The person was like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up, bro. You, you're interrupting. Shut up. Jesus, have mercy on me. He got louder. Don't allow somebody who doesn't have your knee silence your praise. Like, for real? There was a marriage between miracles and radicals. All right? It's too packed. Nobody else can get in the house. We might as well go home. They were like, "Nope, we're going to rip open the roof. We're going to commit vandalism on tonight. you going to get your healing. There was a miracle between radicals There was just a marriage between radicals and miracles. Even a woman with the issue of blood. You're not supposed to be out in public, yet alone touching the rabbi. But there's a message when I get to see the people who are real radical seem like they got the biggest miracle. What risk is it that God is putting in your heart to do that we keep on saying, I'm not going to do? I just feel this, y'all. God is saying, enough with being safe at the shallow end enough with being safe at the kiddie pool you weren't made for ponds I built you for oceans and I need for you to be able to take the risk. I want to take you to deeper depths. I want to take you to higher heights. I want to take you to a whole nother level in 15 days. All of us, by the grace of God, and unless Jesus tarries, in 15 days, we are about to cross over and see a new year. But we have a sneaky suspicion that there is somebody in the house on tonight and watching online. You like, yeah. I want to cross over into a new year, but there's some unhealthy stuff that I don't want to cross over with me. Right. Is there anybody honest enough in the house to say there's some stuff I want to leave in 2021? Like, I want to leave this. You staying here. I want to do things in your life. And I just believe this, y'all. When we live a life of obedience and deliberate, somebody say deliberate. deliberate. Now say intentional. intentional. With deliberate, intentional following of biblical principles, 2022 can be a year where you skip over what you tripped over in 2021. Somebody say, stop tripping. tripping. Y'all talk to me, stop tripping. Stop tripping. (laughs) Start skipping. (laughs) But it's going to require obedience. Now, here it is. Here it is. The beauty of wisdom. The beauty of wisdom is it can help you skip seasons that you don't have to go through because a lot of times in church we hear it's the season for this it's the season for that I'm here tonight to tell you there's some seasons that you never have to experience if you pursue wisdom like there's some toxicity and some unhealthy things that all of us you never ever have to go through some things are unhealthy that are like married to your destiny you got to go through this but other stuff is due to our choices I told us before, when we're born, we look like our parents, but when we die, we look like our choices. And there's some stuff we can avoid, but a lot of us have been in dysfunction for so long. We have been in unhealthy things for so long that you don't even know who you are outside of toxicity. Like if you were to look in the mirror, you wouldn't be able to even recognize the person looking back at you if the trauma was removed. Because I've gotten so used to healthy, okay? I'm going to mess y'all up. I have gotten so used to to unhealthy that it has merged with my identity. I need for them to be sick. I need for her to be sick. Because the prescription of my contribution will give me significance. Did y'all hear what I just said? I need them to be unhealthy. Because the prescription... Of my contribution gives me significance listen y'all that pain hits different when you are contributing to something that will never be yours talk Holy Ghost it will never be yours you can't make something that is not God's will his will for your life and you cannot love somebody into becoming God's will for your life that pain hits different when you find yourself contributing to something that was never God's will in the first place. Is there anybody in the house that you're like, okay, um, the last thing I want is for the next thing to be the same thing I left. Do I need to say that again? Yeah. Like I'm at this place. The last thing I want is for the next thing mm-hmm. to be just like the past thing. Yep. Like I I I left that. For a reason. Somebody say health. Health. Wisdom and principles. Principles and wisdom. Wisdom and principles. Principles and wisdom. Like the biblical principle to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's going to be hard for you to love the Lord with all of your mind when your mind has been hijacked by that which is unhealthy. And so I'm studying. I'm like, okay, God, all right, talk to me. You know, I, I, I really do depend on God for my messages, y'all. I really do. Like, God, if you don't speak, I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to be sweating and hollering and not saying nothing. I need you to speak. And I'm like, God, why are we dealing with health? Like, for the finale, I'm thinking we're going to deal with some, like, let's get the people motivated. I mean, it's Christmas time. Christmas time is here. Like, I'm supposed to do something to talk about Jesus or something. He's like, no, I want you to deal with health. And this rocked my mind when he told me this. I know it was him because I'm not that smart to think of this. There are biblical mandates that you are required to follow as a sincere, benevolent benevolent follower of Jesus that you cannot do if you're not healthy on the inside. Did y'all hear me? Some of us, the reason you're not obeying is because you're not healthy enough to do it. Now, look, 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 watch, watch. Like, when I talk about giving or generosity, that is a biblical mandate. Give and it shall be given unto you. Live outside of yourself for the benefit of others. All of that is Bible all day. That's Bible all day. But if all you have ever known is parasites... Talk Holy Ghost. If all you have ever known is parasitic people, you know how to know what a parasite is? Parasites latch on to stuff. I want you to think of a leech. A leech is sustained by taking from another host parasitic people attach themselves to you and this is how they're sustained Woo! this might mess you up this is why your ex keeps coming back this is why that family member keeps coming back after a few months asking for stuff again because you literally gave them life because parasites live off of host. When all you have known is parasitic people and parasitic churches and like you attend ministry that never pours into you but constantly requires for you to pour. Like when you are constantly preparing and cooking for people who only wanted to go play. And then I get up here and I talk about when God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. When God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. It's time for us to give. you like, give from where? Everybody's taking everything from me. I ain't going to that church no more. All them pastors talk about is give, 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 give. So now, what is a biblical mandate, I'm not healthy enough to do. So I have to have health on the inside because there are biblical mandates that you are required to follow as a sincere, benevolent follower of Jesus that is going to require for you to be healthy on the inside. What about when Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself? And then he tells us in Mark chapter 12 that this is one of the greatest commandments. How am I going to love my neighbor like I love myself when I hate myself? I hate what I see in the mirror. All I see is the abortions I committed. All I see is my flaws. All I see is my struggles. All I see is my shortcomings. I don't like what I see. Some of us are disappoint, disappointed with yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself. You don't like what you see in the mirror. You hate what you see. But how am I going to love out of a void? How? You can't pour from a place that's in a desert. I don't even know how to. Love like Christ? Love the church? I don't even love me. That's why I try to tell us self-love is not just cultural. It's biblical. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Any husband who loves his wife also loves Mm himself. I can't do that Mm -hmm. if I don't love me. Some of us, you can't even value the potter Mm -hmm. because you don't like what the potter made. You don't like the way he made you and how he made you. There's some things you could change. If there's some weight you want to lose, you could get on a treadmill. You could run. But I'm trying to get somebody to understand all of the stuff that we need to lose is not just weight on our body. It's weights in your head. It's weights in your heart. It's weights in your soul. You can be physically fit, but spiritually out of shape. There are biblical mandates that you are required to live by as sincere, benevolent followers of Jesus that you cannot do if you do not have health on the inside. What about your friends? What about your friends? This is something Jerry learned real quick. When I accepted Christ and I wanted to change who I am, that also required for me to change my circle. Because the people I was with was just like Aaron's boys, they kept causing for me to produce things of Egypt. So I recognize, okay, if I'm going to change, I have to recognize it's dangerous for me to befriend people who live where I fail. Like, you had a moment, sis. You had a moment, bro. They live like this. Right. 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 <laughs> they live like this. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us to get wisdom, Get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Search after it more than silver and gold. Yes, precious silver and gold. Search after wisdom. And I'm here, and my wife is here on tonight to try to get us to understand the wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And understanding that I need health on the inside. I can't love the Lord with all my heart when something else has my heart. I can't love the Lord with all of my strength when I'm still trying to catch my breath from the very thing that took all my strength. Because your health on the inside is tied to your obedience with following biblical principles. I want to give you some Bible. Look at this, y'all. I want you to see the type of people that Moses... Like I get it now. If y'all never read this story, I get why Moses got so mad. And he was like... Must we fetch this water for you too, you rebels? Like, I get it. Like, he lasts longer than Jerry would have lasted. And I'm just being transparent. When I look at this, I want to show y'all this so y'all can see this is in the Bible. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, it says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again. They crying again about something. And said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish, which we ate freely in where? Egypt, look at this, y'all. The people that you're with mm. keep on talking about where you've been. Right. All right, we remember what we ate in Egypt the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. I'm like, um, did y'all forget Pharaoh's whip though? Yeah. Did y'all forget making bricks without straw? Give you more Bible. Exodus chapter 16, verse 3. It says, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat. It's something. They keep on talking about what they had in Egypt. And it's around their appetite. When we sat around the pots of meat. When we ate bread to the full. For you brought us up to this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Somebody say appetite. Appetite. More Bible. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24. And the people complained against Moses. Doesn't that sound like what we just read? The people complained against Moses saying, What shall we drink? Numbers chapter 14, verse 2. And all the children of Israel complained against... Are y'all seeing the pattern? They complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Are y'all catching this, y'all? Like when I studied my Bible, this was messing me up. I was like, dude, they keep complaining. They always whining about food. They always whining about what they used to eat. Oh, I see why Moses got mad. When he was like, speak to the rock, I probably would be like, look, y'all, y'all get your own water. Y'all always complaining about me, and I'm trying to do everything I can for y'all. And look what they said. They said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. And that was standing out to me. We had died. In Egypt, or we died in the wilderness. The wilderness is designed to get your Egypt appetite to die. Are y'all seeing this? They're saying if we would have died in the wilderness, and God is like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kill your Egypt appetite. Right this is for somebody who wonders why something hasn't happened yet this is for somebody who's asking over and over god win god win but you keep on talking about the meat and the olives and the cucumbers that you had in egypt this time i had a bag this time last year i had this i had more money this time i had more why am i in this season why they get blessed and i don't why could it be god is trying to kill your egypt appetite and because they did not embrace God trying to rid them from what was unhealthy, they died in the place that was supposed to purge them from what was unhealthy. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't want to die while being purged. If I'm going to purge, if I'm going to have withdrawals, and if I'm going to be detoxed, at least let it be for the purpose of me seeing the lamb with milk and honey. I don't want to hear about it but never experience it because I keep on complaining. What are you complaining about? That God is saying this is spiritually unhealthy. When, when, when am I going to get more? When am I going to have more resources, God? When, when am I going to have more wealth? You keep eating your wealth. Just stop eating out. You'll be surprised how much money you have. Well, God, I got to get this for Christmas this year. Give me your presents. Just put a bow on your head. <laughs> give me your presents. Because right now, God is teaching me stewardship. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Your gift is I still have oxygen and I love you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't cause a season. Don't let a season cause for you to experience one. God, I, I wish, I just, Lord, I'm, I'm 36. When he going to come? <laughs> it's like we ain't talking now. We're not talking now. Why would I give you something that would take you even further from me? Can we talk, y'all? There's a difference between toxicity and needed maturity. But the difference many times is timing. Please don't miss this. This is so powerful. There's a difference in toxicity and needed maturity. But many times the difference is timing. Perfect example. Our son is five years old, but he's not toxic he needs to continue to mature. If I were to give my son a pair of scissors and say, go play with your friends and have fun, I would be considered a reckless father. Now, if I give him some scissors when he's 18, he has matured enough to know the dangers of this if I run with it, if I use it too quickly. A lot of us don't even recognize if God were to give you What you're asking for, he will be considered a reckless father. Because right now, right now, I need you to mature. But if I give you scissors right now, you'll be toxic. Mm -hmm. If I give you the stage right now, you will be toxic. If I give you him or her right now, you will be toxic. Not because you are toxic, but because maturity is needed. Does that make sense? Go ahead. If I could just say this one thing.
1: We do have to be willing to allow God to detox those unhealthy things.
0: Please talk. From us,
1: not just for like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself,
0: yeah. you
1: know, and, and all of those, you know, kindness and yeah. and mercy, all those things that God wants us to do. We have to be detoxed from that, but also to do the hard stuff. Like the, the Bible also just says to love your enemy. Yeah. Like stuff like that. That part. So I think, you know, it's easy-er it's easier to say, okay, God detox me so I can, you know, be a better, you know, servant or, yeah. you know, so that I can think better. Give me, Lord, detox me and give me healthier, uh, healthier habits, a healthier view so I can even love my enemies. Yeah. Like that's not, who prays that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like who prays, Lord, help me? That, that's, that's really detox. You want to talk about a detox. Yeah. want to talk about letting go of unhealthy ways and mm. really asking God to change you and shape you and mold you and make you into everything he wants you to be. Lord, help me to even love my enemies. Hmm. You know, and I, and, and we can't even get to be kind, be generous, (laughs) you know, be, 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 be faithful. Yeah. Do, do those basic things. And we want God, we really do want God to move heaven and earth Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. You know, and we do sound like spoiled children sometimes. Mm-hmm. God do this, God do this, God do this, God do this. When, God when, God why? And God is like, can you just get past all this unhealthy stuff that I've been trying to detox for years that you keep rejecting? Yeah. Because we've wow. gotten so comfortable in all of our dysfunction, Talk with it's, it's difficult for us to even separate ourselves because that's who we identify ourselves as. Talk. We so identify great. with all of the dysfunction and all of the unhealthy habits and all of the unhealthy ways that we can't even get to those basic biblical principles. Yeah. You know, we want all of the other, like, people want to get all deep spiritually, right? Yeah. I want to know, you know, give me the scrolls. I want to know the <laughs> deep, you know, I want to read all of the Old Testament. How about we just start with you being loving, <laughs> How about we just start with you being kind and you forgiving someone? How about we start there? How yeah. about we detox you so you can just, you know. Smile. Smile at someone, right? right? How about we start with you being consistent? Right. Right? How right. about we start there? We want this deep, Lord, give me. Di- How about we start there? How about you be disciplined? hmm just for a little bit. Right. Can, yeah. can we start there with the basic stuff? We want to get deep, 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 deep. Allow God to detox you so you can just start there. Yeah. We can't we can't even get to the greater works. Right. Because God, because Jesus said that there are greater works yeah. that you will do. We can't even get to the greater works sometimes yeah. because we're still hung up on. Well, she said this to me and I have an attitude with her. You know, well, he, you know, he did, he did this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm done with, I'm done with people. That's why I don't like people. Hmm. I mean, aren't our lives as Christians about people? Yeah. are we supposed to love yeah. people? Aren't we supposed to be compassionate towards people? Mm. Like those are the basic biblical principles that a lot of Christians don't exercise. Yeah. But you, you, you want God to send you a husband. Yesterday, (laughs) last year, right? Five years ago. But how about we, can you conquer that attitude? Yeah. Can you allow God to detox all those healthy, toxic, you know, mindsets? Yeah. Those unhealthy behaviors, those Mm. unhealthy patterns, unhealthy outlooks. Because rather we, whether or not we acknowledge it, we absorb We absorb all the stuff that is in our environment. Yeah. We absorb it. And it gets, and if we don't allow God to transform us Mm -hmm. and to renew our minds daily, constantly, it's going to stay right there absorbed in who we are and how we interact and how we talk and how we behave and how we love and how we do our daily lives because we absorb everything. We absorb what we see, what we hear. Yeah. Who we are around, we absorb those behaviors. Yeah. And if we are willing, we have to be willing, saints. A lot of us say we talk a good game because it sounds good. God, have your way in my life. Really? God, please just, you know, do what you will, Father. Really? We say it, it sounds really good, right? God, do what you want. I'm yours, Jesus. I give myself away.
0: Yeah. You're forever it's, enough.
1: I, for, for, listen.
0: Forever enough. Forever enough. <laughs>
1: you are God. I just love you. We, it sounds really good. But when it gets down to it, okay, all right, that's what you said. Go ahead and t- tell that girl you're sorry. Go ahead and forgive that sister or that brother. How about you give, you know, how about you give, you know, your paycheck to that person? You know, like stuff like that. How about you, how about you, don't, don't loan the money. How about you give it? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. We're like, well, God, well, I didn't ask for that much.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a little much, Jesus. Yeah. So if we really want to get to that place of maturity, mm-hmm. as he, as he's saying, we do truly have to say, okay, God, I really do want you to have your way.
0: Yeah.
1: Like seriously. Not just in speech. I just don't want to say it. I want you to transform my heart. Yeah. And I want you to infiltrate my soul yeah. so that I can think like you, Lord. And I can love like you. Yeah. And I can forgive like you. And I can be like you and walk like you. So, yes. so people, when they do see me, they can see Christ. So I am a reflection of your glory. Yeah. So I am a reflection of your grace. And I am a reflection of your mercy. Yeah. God, truly have your way. I don't just want to say it, God. I want
0: to live it. And that that for, like, I really want us to get this. For us to unlearn what was unhealthy, we're going to have to train our taste buds to embrace what is healthy. Like, this message on tonight has salt. It may bore you if you're used to sugar. Okay? There are a lot of messages that are filled with sugar and it grows platforms but pandemics show you you had branches but no roots okay so even in the process of like okay i thought it was gonna go this way like i'm like okay no we need to learn how to identify what's unhealthy because you can't produce certain kingdom principles until I get healthy on the inside I'm not talking about you working out four or five times a day and eating kale you could eat kale and drink water alkaline water and be just as out of shape in your spirit yeah. have more eight pack have more six packs and eight pack than an action figure but your mind is corrupt and tow up yeah. suicidal thoughts and depression yeah. but you are big and advocate on how you look not soul saying is old, like, right? More, more but your soul obese. is like, listen, <laughs> I'm not healthy. When am I going to get fed? Yeah. Okay? We're going to give you ten, 10 ways on how to identify if something is unhealthy. It's because of this chart I had. If you have it, um, Carl, put this chart on the screen. It's something that I'm going to use all throughout my ministry, and I call it the peers chart, okay? Peers. This is how we end up catching things where God can sustain us and take us to another level, all right? Your peers, your physical self, your intellectual self, emotional self, recreational self, and your spiritual self. Okay, physical, that's great. Workout, that's awesome. But what about your intellectual self? How many books have you read this year? I think right now, if I just be honest, is one of the most dangerous times to be a new convert. Because everybody on social media has a word. And it is nothing more dangerous than when the undiscipled is trying to make disciples. Where can we find that in scripture? Social media is great, but it's giving people a platform that do not know what they're talking about. They're trying to get views so that they can get paychecks, but they're not caring about people's souls. So I, it's great. Read books. Read commentaries. I understand it, but read the Word of God. Read the Bible. Even some people who give you commentaries are taking scripture out of context. So I need you to learn how to exegete. When we do Bible study, I need you to learn when you read a passage, don't just read it. Read who wrote it, why they wrote it, who they're writing to. Understand this so that you can get context. So if somebody tries to manipulate you and say, give and it shall be given unto you. Know that that's not just talking about your wealth. So, a lot of times ministries are capitalizing off of our ignorance because we are not spiritually intellectual. Some pastors won't tell you what I just said. Your emotional self, how healthy is that? Can you handle getting hit without breaking down? Your recreational self. Now, this may not be for people here, but some people you have so much, like, I love the Lord. What do you do for recreation? That's not sinful. What do you do for recreation? And then the most important part, really, your spiritual self, things like this constantly edifying ourselves so we can grow. So, number one, how do you identify if it's unhealthy? If God's word is not the highest authority. I need you all to say this with me because I want us to get it. Everybody say, God's word word is the highest authority. Is the highest authority. Okay? So, understand, Scripture's boss. So, in a romantic context or building with somebody— is Scripture the highest authority for them? Right, right. Scripture should never be an elective. The Holy Spirit is constantly checking me. When sin shows up, we show at the door, not a room for it to stand. Right, right, okay? Right, right, right. Somebody say, Scripture's boss. Scripture is boss. Number two, it's unhealthy if it attempts to resurrect what you put in the grave. Any person, any atmosphere that constantly tries to bring out what you ask the Holy Spirit to help you crucify, this is unhealthy. Number three, it's unhealthy if it is a breeding ground for trauma. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because hell knows what hasn't been healed. Please hear me. Hell knows what hasn't been healed. All right? This is how trauma bonds are formed. Mm. And what is a trauma bond? This is just my definition. It's when the abuser and the abusee create create an attachment that is reinforced by fake moments of love and wounded emotions. Trauma bond, one more time. It is when the abuser and abusee create an attachment that is reinforced by moments of fake love and wounded emotions. And the sad part about that reality is a lot of us keep confusing that as comfort because we were raised in this. And until we get healed, we will always connect with people who have similar unhealthy right. dynamics. Right. Right. This is good, y'all. Number four: It's unhealthy if it's one-sided. Is there any? I thought I'd get an amen, so I'm gonna say amen. It's unhealthy if it's one-sided. Amen. 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 Okay. I like. Anytime you are one, yeah. you are the one that is constantly being withdrawn from, mm-hmm. and you are depositing into them, but there are no deposits into you. I'm not just talking about money. Mm-hmm. But anytime they are constantly withdrawing, and they are never depositing, that is not a partner that is a parasite. Mm-hmm. That is not a partner that is a parasite. And once you understand that something is parasitic, resist vengeance because truth be told some people if we were to give them a taste of their own medicine they would swear we poisoned them i don't have time i don't (laughs) i don't have time the problem with these type of relationships is many times i'm tripping off what should be bothering you y'all ever been there like why are you carefree and i'm stressed out okay (laughs) <laughs> this is one-sided and how we entertain these people is due to what I call the trap of potential it is when you see spurts of potential that they could be better or this could do better which deceives us to stay in it longer we don't go off I know it's good girl we don't go off a of potential we go off fruit can I get somebody to say fruit If you don't know the difference, listen, potential is never promised to become kinetic. Potential, all it is, is possible fruit. (laughs) That's it. Fruit is potential in motion. I don't go off, well, they could pray. Well, if they just gave their life to the Lord, they could really be something. I mean, Tanisha, they could be a powerhouse if they were to serve Jesus. If they were, I need to see you love Jesus now, bro. A lot of ifs and coulds. (laughs) Okay? Okay telling you, potential could be a trap because you are not promised that it is going to become kinetic. Mm-hmm. Number five, it is unhealthy if it is abusive. Abusive. Mm-hmm. Verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, yeah. period. Yeah. It is unhealthy. And a lot of times, I think we have to also understand that just because, especially my brothers, just because you're not hitting her doesn't mean you're not hitting her. Okay, mm-hmm. now sisters too, y'all have some mouths on you. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Miss Flowers, you might need to help me because I may sound chauvinistic. Yeah. Like just some mouths. I'm like, is your mouth developed enough to handle a king, right. yeah. 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 even when he's having boy-like moments? We talked about it. Will you be like Abigail and like, David, you're going to be on the throne soon, bro. Don't do something right now that you're going to regret later. We deal enough with Jezebel. We need some more Abigail conversations. How to speak to the king and him. And that's that's maturity. No, I mean, it is. just that's maturity. Being able
1: to win. He may not say, and I'm not talking about verbal abuse. Maybe he's not having the best day. Maybe he does say something kind of slick, yeah. right? That doesn't give you permission yeah. to do it back yeah. because that's not maturity. Maturity is saying, okay, you're not having a good day today. I'm yeah. not going to respond that way. I may want to. yeah. You may, you may deserve it. But maturity tells me to not to and to bridle my tongue.
0: Yeah. And not excusing the man as well. Both right. of them no. need healthy. Ex- exactly. Number six. It's unhealthy if there is blame shifting, okay? Blame shifting deals with manipulation. Manipulators are threatened by a light that they cannot eclipse, so they will constantly unscrew your light so they can shine, okay? Manipulators will always twist their flaws as yours, all right? Shifting blame, shifting blame. Well, you can't holler at me. Well, I wouldn't holler if you would stop doing this. Shifting blame, okay? Okay? Number seven, one word. It's unhealthy if there's lying. Can we have a conversation and you yeah. just be truthful? The danger of a lie is one lie makes you question all proclaimed truths. Right. All right? Number eight, it's unhealthy if there is no purpose outside of you, meaning you are their mini Messiah. The reason they're praying is because of you. Right. The reason they're coming to church is because of you. Yeah. The reason they're serving is because of you. We see it all the time. When y'all break up, you also break up with Jesus. Purpose outside of you. This is how my wife is not clingy because she has purpose outside of me. This is how I'm not clingy because I have purpose outside of her. So in our marriage, I'm not always like, what you doing? And what? Because she's over there doing her music. I'm over here writing a book. This makes sense? Yeah. Number nine, it's unhealthy if there is a famine of self-care. Brush your teeth, ma'am. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I'm serious. Yeah. When there is an absence yeah. of health care, yeah. it is something else going on there. No, it, it, No, it is. The trunk of your car. Oh. Mm. No,
1: I mean, even, okay, ladies, because we, we did Wife Academy for a few. Is, was in Wife Academy in here? Anybody? Okay. We did Wife Academy for a few, I don't know, maybe four sessions. Yeah. And I'm not going to point anybody out, but a lot of these ladies, there's some unhealthy things like you're, you're praying and asking God for a man. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing outwardly to attract a man. Can I be very honest? Go ahead. I
0: couldn't say it. And transparent. I couldn't say it. There
1: is nothing that you're doing outwardly. Not that you shouldn't hmm. love a person for who they are as a person because you sh- on the inside because you should 1000%. Yeah. You don't you know that looks fade. Yeah. But you you don't care about how you look at all. You don't care about how you look. That says something about a person when you don't care about how you present yourself. Now, I'm not talking about be vain. You don't have to uh, put a whole, f- you know, full face of makeup on and be beat. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm iron your clothes. I'm, I'm being honest. I, I mean, he said brush your teeth. Brush your hair. Yeah. Brush. I mean, I'm not, you don't have to get your hair done every week. Yeah. But take care of yourself.
0: Take care of your temple.
1: Take care of That's your it. temple. Like you, you listen, men. I mean, we say it. Men are visual creatures, and a man will love you for who you are. But he he, he needs to be attracted to you.
0: I'm. You're being real. Nice. I'm being
1: very. I mean, he needs to be attracted to you, yeah. and it's a unhealthy. It's unhealthy if you think that you know. Well, he's just gonna. Okay, you're not doing anything to attract a man, and I'm telling you, I. I'm like, I hope that somebody is in your life that loves you to tell you that, yeah. right? When you love somebody, you tell them, hey, listen, you, you should do this. You know, maybe you should wear something that's becoming of your size. And i mean, very honest and candid with you. You have to, that's an unhealthy. There's something wrong if you think that there's, you, you, you don't, you shouldn't do anything <laughs> oh, to boy. take care of yourself, I can't to take care of your that. temple. There's something wrong. Men and women... Mm-hmm. men and women, and you're like, I'm just praying, and I'm asking, and I'm just seeking God for the Lord. He's going to send my husband. I just thank him. You, what are you doing, ma'am? Yeah. What are you doing, sir? So that, that take care of your
0: temple. That doesn't look good. Right. You shouldn't have to put your pants on like this. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay? Right. All right. I'm ending. The only reason I'm going on a little longer is because it's the last Thursday. All right? Last point, it's unhealthy if there's ghosting. Ghosting. Like, so inconsistent. Call Monday, don't Friday. We, we cool and we talking on Tuesday, but then all of a sudden I don't hear from you again until uh, New Year's. You texting me, Happy New Year? Ghosting. Listen, many times, because I used to take it personal, many times it's you're so real that it's about to expose that they're fake. Okay? The real you will eventually make its debut. And sometimes you're requiring so much real that it's about to expose my other personality. So I have to run because that's about to catch up. They could be going ghost because they married. And we don't have time. We don't have time. We don't. This is it, (laughs) y'all. This is it. This is it. Starting next year. We will be on Sundays at 12 o'clock. This Sunday, I'll be ministering at 10 o'clock for our Christmas program. But the reason this is all important is because once you experience your relationship with Jesus, everything will change. Everything will change. I'll end with this. When I was in fifth grade, I had a best friend named Cody. I mean, he was my best friend. Like, we shared gushers together. I don't know if people do that anymore. We shared gushers together. There was something on Cartoon Network called Acme Hour. We liked rugrats. We were just best friends. Papers, you know, pencil break, all of that. And one day, the worst thing in the world happened. Cody, in fifth grade, liked a girl. So when I go sit on the bus, right, and I see this girl in my seat, I'm like, excuse me, you're my my spot." He's like, no, bro, she's sitting here. I'm like, this heifer. (laughs) And so I started to have a problem with her. So I'm thinking, okay, on, on, when we go to recess, we're gonna do our, you know, as soon as the teacher turned it back, who jump off the swing the furthest. This dude is over there pushing this girl on the swing, and I'm like, Cody, we about to go jump off the swings. Said, Nah, bro, I'm good. And so I really start having a problem. He was smelling like brute all the time, <laughs> old spice. I'm like, What's wrong with this dude? He's been like Twitter-pated. Like, just, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And then, this is way before my wife. This is a girl. In fifth grade, there was this girl that came to school called Rochelle. I'll never forget her. She ushered in puberty in my life. I saw her, and I didn't. (laughs) Somebody caught it. She ushered in puberty. I saw her, and I was like, I didn't have butterflies. I had pterodactyls. I was like, man. Okay, so, all right, this is what we're going to do. It's lunchtime. I'm going to give her this. All right. Do you like me? Circle. See, y'all, y'all tripping. I said circle yes or yes. <laughs> so at the end of the day, she gave it back to me and it said yes. So I'm like, okay. So I got some brute. And I started spraying some brute on me. <laughs> I got some old spice. And then when we got on the bus, she was sitting next to me. At recess. I was pushing the swing. I didn't understand how much Cody was changing until I had my own relationship. I got it now. When you are in relationship with somebody else and you value it, it starts to change you. So the reason I sweat so hard and the reason I preach so hard and the reason my wife worships so hard is because we've experienced Jesus. And we want you to start wearing brute, too. We want you to start wearing Old Spice, too. Because once you get your own relationship, you'll get it. This is why they praise like that. This is why they read like that. Because... A lot a lot of
2: biblical story. mandates Jesus that we are required to do as sincere and benevolent followers of Jesus Christ is going to require for us to be healthy on the inside listen if that message went for nobody else it was certainly handcrafted and tailored just for me we'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us online on tonight your online presence is such a blessing to us whether this is your first time or you're an OG you've been here umpteenth times listen your family, and we welcome, we welcome, we welcome you. If you desire to be saved, listen, that's the best decision you can ever make in your life. You can text the word "fresh start" to this number down below on the screen and more information will be given to you. If this is a place where you're being fed spiritually and you'd like to become a member so that you can co-labor alongside us in the things of God, listen, you can text the word membership to the same number down below on the screen and we would love to have you in our assembly. To everyone who has given, listen, your seeds are truly, truly making a difference and we really, really appreciate you for sowing into this ministry. As you all know, we are in our end of the year giving campaign and it has been going so great. There's so many things that we're doing this holiday season in the city that we would not be able to do without your generous contribution. So if you'd like to sow a seed, all of our giving information is on the screen before you now. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us online on tonight. And until we meet again, have a wonderful.